at this point, Hunter, what is the next year you want to do? I don't know the next time we're doing a single solitary year, but we finished yeah. 2001. I'm just curious what's what other years are on your big radar. Yeah, I think that a couple years stick out. Um, I'm more interested, I think, if we're going to do a, a year theme again mm-hmm. of going further back uh, than yeah. further forward from 2001. Mostly because I think what was exciting about this year for me was all historical context yeah. stuff that yeah. I feel like I learned or sort of relearned, mm-hmm. um, sort of re-experienced, and it kind of ignited my imagination for like, oh yeah. Whereas I would like to go even further back and be way more concrete in historical in the approach. Because the thing about 2001 is I lived through this stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, we looked through a bunch of Electronic Gaming Monthly issues and they were like, yep, I guess I was subscribed at this point because I remember a lot of these covers. <laughs> yeah. I remember a lot of this vibe. I had always remembered it as, um, if you if you know EGM, uh, I was reading it for the tenure of uh, Shu, uh, Dan Shu. For his tenure as editor-in-chief, I remember reading, I think, for the entire run length of that. And I yeah. didn't realize when that started. And guess what? It started in 2001. So a lot of the experience of looking backwards here was about me kind of reliving old stuff yeah which is cool but if we go a little bit further back i'm a little bebus yeah, a little yeah. Boo-boo <laughs> with no idea of what's going on at all so like something like 1996 or yeah. 1993 three. i was gonna say three yeah. yeah 93 is cool um we're about to do a pretty big 1993 game uh in a couple weeks if you uh you know just a little peek behind the curtain there uh, we already know a little bit <laughs> Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Old Gamers Almanac, what is typically the definitive ranking of all video games every week at a time. But this week, it is the season one finale, season one being 2001, a game odyssey. Uh, I am joined by Hunter Donaldson. What's up? Did we use uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra as the <laughs> as the theme music this week? I mean, isn't that what we should do? Okay. Haven't we earned that even though, you know, this whole, every time we, every time we do that, I'm always a little bit like, we're going to get in trouble someday, <laughs> but I think we should get in trouble someday. You know what I mean? It'd be nice. Yeah. I'm pushing for it. I mean, I keep using unlicensed video games like stuff we don't have the rights to you know in all our yeah. episodes especially our bonus episodes i'm waiting for a bonus episode to get a cease and desist Ooh, we you know? are gonna we're going to jail yeah okay yeah. that's the thing is you should listen to the show and you should tell your friends because <laughs> we should go to jail <laughs> all right for this one we yep. are so bad and naughty <laughs> so um, we have just spent the last six months playing intermittently 15 games from the year 2001 add to Mm -hmm. that 
three games we had already played from 2001 in our first 50 episodes. Our season zero was just 50 games to get onto our big, ever-expanding listicle of the best games ever made or whatever. Right. Uh, So we have 18 2001 games. Hunter and I have both played in recent memory. And throughout the season, we've kind of played around with ranking them in some sort of context relevant to 2001. And we've changed what that parameter is and what those definitions are and what may, what makes a game number one versus other games. And this is now our time to sort of put the final say on what that is. But Hunter, how are we shaking things up a little bit today? Well, today, um, well, we're, 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 well, first of all, we're going to be coming up with the with the last logic for the 2001 ranking. If right. you've paid attention to that segment uh, through this entire season, it, what you've noticed is that we didn't really know what to do with it, okay? <laughs> and that's fair, all right? That's a fair criticism for you to have. Today, we're gonna put at least a nail in the coffin of what the point of us having uh-huh. a smaller list, a sub list, right. Uh, as opposed to having a master list and then the sub list is basically just the master list again, but with only the sub list in it. That's a huge problem that we did not really philosophically solve. Uh-huh. But hopefully today, I think we'll kind of land at what it maybe should be going forward. Right. I don't know if we're like, for example, Matt, I don't know. This might be news to you. I don't, I'm not really that excited about doing a sub list for the next season. Yeah. Like, I'm not actually excited about ranking season, all the 90s games. Right. It doesn't, yeah. it, I mean, you'll hear next week in our uh, introduction, our season premiere of all that. I don't know that either of us is excited for, I mean, we're excited for the games we get to play, but we're also very sad about all the games we're not going to have time to play because it's an yeah. entire decade and that's a whole other factor. 2001 feels more refined. It feels like we get to make some fun decisions because we get to have some goofy off topic, you know, stranger additions to this. I think one of our goals will be to, you know, have the ranking, but also more importantly, some sort of, um, you know, the OGA recommended like 10 games from 2001 or something like that. Something that's more not specifically a ranking, but a, these are, if you're doing your homework on video games and the history of video games or whatever, these are the 10 games or X amount of games we think you have to approach uh, from that year or whatever. Um, But before we do that, can we talk a little bit about some of the stuff that was left off of this 2001 list the stuff we didn't play and you know how we feel about some things not making it on i think there's a lot of stuff i'm still pretty confident and comfortable with not making it into our list but there's a handful of things where i'm like man i wish we'd done that one yeah well i mean we didn't really do like obviously i think we did like the not cool guy version of this list whereas Uh we could have done a cool guy version right could have done a cool guy version (laughs) but we had to be so basic we had to be just the the two most basic people about it um so yeah we did leave a lot of stuff that you know i mean we we talked about it we there was a big discussion about it in in the episode uh but you know we could have done dragon warrior 7 all right, aka right. Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah, uh, it's a hundred hour RPG <laughs> uh, that I still it, we didn't do it, and I still think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like I I I might end up having to play it anyways. <laughs> so at some point, I am gonna have to spend a hundred hours with that game, and it could have been for this show. Yep. But yep. no. But yep. no. Similarly, for me, in terms of things that 
we could have done but would have been difficult right Dra dragon quest 7 would have been really difficult for for me to make time for i would have loved to it would have been a whole issue we would have called in sun sanders or somebody else to be a part of it and it mm -hmm. just would have you know it, it would have been fun but i would have uh i would have felt left out the other game that i wanted to do but had to reckon with the fact that i i probably wasn't going to be able to put in the hours required to like feel like i played it was fantasy star online for the dreamcast that was pretty high up on my list of things I wanted to, to try. Um, but it's also the question of like, how do you get that up and running in a in an actual, mm -hmm. you know, what is the emulation scene for Fantasy Star Online? I'm pretty sure it's actually quite robust. So I, I do think it would have been possible, but it, it would have been, that would have been a weird experience uh, because there's no way to relive Fantasy Star Online as it was in 2001. That is impossible. Yeah, I also think it would have been a strange pick considering that Fantasy Star Online to me feels like kind of an in-between type game yeah. that has been trumped by two other series. I would say like instead of playing Fantasy Star, if playing Fantasy Star Online without having played something like Destiny or Monster Hunter World to yeah. me feels a little bit suspect because it feels like you're you're not even playing the beginning of like a sequence of related games you're playing like a middle child yeah without having played the newer stuff that is going to be way more approachable than than fantasy star online is and as someone that played fantasy star online i don't know i mean it's cool <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to i'm not trying to make any enemies here uh -huh. but uh it was you know that the combat in fantasy star online yeah. It takes its time, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. got kind of a <laughs> kind of a weird, slow, just kind of like you press a button and then like several seconds go by and then your character shoots a single yeah. laser I, at the monster. I definitely think that would have been one where we look back at it and we be and we would have come to the realization that this was a novel of its time. I mean, what, get to get ahead of things a little bit. We're we're gonna talk a lot about electronic gaming monthly. I think throughout this episode because we we sort mm -hmm. of dug in and did a bunch of history stuff. Uh, Fantasy Star Online was EGM's Dreamcast game of the year, and they talked really highly, highly of it, but in their own review, their reviewers were like, I mean, the combat's not very fun, but, like, you're online with different people. Like, I, right. it just felt like it was this thing of, it was, like, the first proper console MMO or, like, you know, bigger multiplayer thing, so that novelty was doing, like, a lot of work in 2001, yeah. and we've since grown out of that to where... Now you look back at Fantasy Star Online for just its mechanics, and it's like, oh, this is not really anything, actually. Right. People were excited about just the idea of online gameplay yes. in 2001 and in bringing that to consoles because right. it had already existed in the PC space. Yep. And it was like kind of the only thing I feel like the PC had that the console babies would look on their PC overlords and mm -hmm. be like, I wish I could have a little taste of that. Would yep. be nice. Um, <laughs> And I was one of those console babies, so I was all excited about, you know, PlayStation 2 getting, like, the network up yep. upgrade that you would install. And I actually bought that thing. It was so stupid, and <laughs> I did not enjoy, like, any of the experiences yeah. I had on it. And Fantasy Star was kind of the same way, where it yep. was like, yeah, you could do it. It was quite clunky. I think mm -hmm. the problem is, too, what you have to remember is 2001 i'm 11 yeah i'm 12 i'm 11 11 and 12 is yeah. like my the that, that's how old i was then uh and i think that online gameplay on a console was just outside of yep. complication for my brain mm -hmm. like i could play everquest on a pc i understood yep. that but trying to get fantasy star being really fun on a dreamcast 
was too much yep. too much jank for my brain at yeah, that time definitely um i think another game that i just from a genre perspective a genre i don't think we hit um i remember bringing this up and, and i'm looking at my old list of things that we you know sort of proposed ssx tricky was a top of my list mostly because two something i think we missed you know we got to talk about tony hawk's pro skater 3 within the season because we had already done an episode on it right but like right. this is the era of sports games and not just football soccer sports games right like this is the activision era of like tony hawk explodes and now we need snowboarding yeah. games we need uh, bike games we need you know jet ski games we like all of these other sort of sports and sports adjacent stuff was like huge and sx x tricky was a pretty you know top one so I, I do wish we had done that one but also i look at the 15 we did and it's like i don't know what i would cut out <laughs> for it yeah. so whatever I mean, I love SSX Tricky. I think it's a great series, and I like. I, I actually think I like. It's like my Tony Hawk would yeah. be SSX Tricky. But even still, I don't know. There was a lot of interesting stuff happening in sports games. I feel like at the time, um, I really loved all the Dreamcast sports games yes. actually that were out around here. The the two K yep. um, series of sports games, especially their football game. Right. Because Madden I would pick up every once in a while just because like I I mean I was playing I wouldn't I had no prejudices. I would just play literally anything because I would rent a game every week. Yeah. So sometimes it's gonna be a sports game. Right. And every time I pick up Madden I would be like, I don't know I guess I don't know how football works. <laughs> like I would just be like I, this is like too I'm getting like confused. Yeah. And for some reason two K like worked in my brain. Yeah. It probably has to do with like ui like i feel right. like the ui of 2k versus madden at this point was like more approachable whereas madden like had more raw football yes. stuff on the screen right. that made me feel unqualified to play yeah yeah um in terms of just other games that could have made it onto the list you know i i saw people on the discord mention civilization 3 um and something i didn't know whether or not Civilization 3 was like a beloved one. My in, my interpretation has always been that Civ 4 is the one that was like truly cataclysmically huge. And then before mm. that, Civ 2 was like a really wonderful refinement. Civ 3 was just sort of something that eluded me. I, I didn't know about its importance in the series, but some people spoke about it being like a pretty big deal one to them. So, you know, I, do I wish we had done Civ 3 instead of black and white? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we definitely should not have done black and white. That was just that was just a waste of that was just a fart. That was a fart in the wind. That, Speaking of farts, then what about Anachronox and other RPGs we could have done? I suppose that that was a bit of a fart. Um, I I will say this. I I what sucks about the whole Anachronox thing mm. is that we gave we gave it a college I'm, try. Right. We went we went for it, yeah. and I just like I you know I bounced off that game really really hard mm -hmm. and. You know, if you if you you listen to this show every week, you know, like I don't really bounce off that many games. Right. I'm just not. It's it's not my DNA. I I, I am determined to get at the juice, the sure. hot sweet nectar. Right. I want it. You know what I mean? There's right. a desire there. Um, but Anachronox really repelled me, yeah. and I think it has to do with comedy. Yeah. I think that uh, games with really a comedy quickly. focus can really alienate me. Yeah. Because I think that game, I think games are really funny, actually, to be fair. In fact, I was playing The Quarry the other night with uh, Sean and Shelton, my mm -hmm. roommates, and we were having, we were having, a, we our guts were busted. We were <laughs> having such a good time uh, with that video game. But the thing about The Quarry and the thing about, I think, most games that are really funny 
is the comedy is not so intentional yeah. or it's not so much about oh we wrote this really funny scenario this right. character is really funny it's more like i don't know man games are just kind of funny right like, games like dumb stuff happens yeah. you know the funniest uh, games let you do the comedy they don't write jokes for you your fa yes. hunter's favorite comedy game is like crusader kings 3 where like ridiculous That's things happen game. and the game yeah. is never writing jokes you just get to let hilarious things happen <laughs> Yeah, like it's kind of like math. That that's that's where I feel like the comedy can really come from. Yeah, and I feel like Anachronox just kind of put me off. But I do feel like you know it gets brought up every once in a while by people that whose taste I admire, yeah. whose taste I think is is good and reasonable, and they will bring it up like, oh yeah, it's this like this hidden classic, this mm -hmm. diamond in the rough. But it's that comedy part. It yeah. just it won't let me in Great in that time. way. I just can't do that. Um, I want to bring up some other stuff just that the Discord talked about and stuff we've seen. Um, so a lot of these, I can't speak to how much I wanted to play them, but just to give the short list, Red Faction, the first Red Faction game came out this year. That's like a destructible environments shooter mm -hmm. game that was supposed to be kind of a big deal. Twisted Metal Black, the return of Twisted Metal. We have a history of talking about oh, Twisted yeah. Metal on the show. We could have done that. I'm glad we didn't, but we could have. No, we could. <laughs> it would have been great. I could. I. I. That game scared me a lot <laughs> like deep down yeah like i would play that game and i would like kind of i would do this thing where we, we had like one like really long controller or maybe it was like a controller that was connected via another like a multi-tap or something okay. like that so what i could do is i would like sort of play the game in the other room like <laughs> peeking around the corner Can't at times like close. serious well so like the the and, and what of course i mean is the gameplay of course is not scary at all in yeah. fact it's stupid and silly like always um, but the cutscenes horrified me, wow. and it would be really funny to replay this game as an adult because I guarantee you those cutscenes are not scary. Right. Or maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they would still scare me. There's also Arcanum, which a lot of people put forward as the other Western RPG we could have done instead of Anachronox, I suppose. A lot of people think fondly on Arcanum. Yeah, that game's cool. Let me tell you a little story about Arcanum. Uh, I worked with this guy uh, who probably doesn't listen. His name is Spencer. Um, he was a cook at this pizza place I worked at. And then later, um, we both ended up moving to Portland uh, together. Really cool guy. And when we were working together at uh, this pizza place in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, he, we were talking about games and stuff. And he was kind of more of a old, old, old 90s PC gamer type, mm. um, which is like a little bit of a blind spot for me, which we'll be talking about next season. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, you haven't played Arcanum? You got to play Arcanum. And he just gave me the CD-ROM of Arcanum. <laughs> and I, I felt really bad about this because I had the CD-ROM of Arcanum. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I took it home. And this was like 2010 or 11. Uh -huh. And I took it home and I was like, wow, so cool. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to play Arcanum. And I got all the way to my desk and I sat down and I was like, I don't have a disk drive. I haven't <laughs> exactly. seen a disk drive in several years. And then I was like man that sucks and then i sort of forgot about it and i'm not sure i ever gave it back oh to him God. which makes me feel really bad <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i basically completely Stole. spaced on arcanum and then he never brought it up again yeah. either he yeah. was chill about it you know what i mean That's so funny wow yeah yeah uh, also 2001 oni from bungie a game i don't know anything about um Paper Mario? Paper Mario didn't hit my radar because Paper Mario is one of those ones where it's like, well, it was a Japan 2000 release in America 1999. We also just, or I mean a 2001 release for America. We also sort of just ignored Nintendo 64. Like, like 
we're on the complete outs with 64 at this point and gamecube yeah. gets released later in the year so like we also didn't do conquer's bad fur day basically so i'm pretty okay with like not dealing around in the sort of last year of nintendo 64 stuff although you know we could have made that a storyline right of like well the 64 was on the outs but more interesting to talk about the new stuff with the gamecube that everybody was excited about basically yeah, we'll do a Paper Mario game someday. Yeah, you know, we'll sure. do like Thousand Year Door or something yeah. like that. That that will happen. Right. I'm sure. uh, speaking of Nintendo, the Zelda Oracles games came out this year. Uh, we sort of stuck with only really one, uh, two Game Boy Advance games, right? No, one Game Boy Advance game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. The Zelda games also, you know, we were sort of avoiding Zelda at this top of this season of like we'd already. It felt like we were dipping our toes into Zelda stuff. We had just done Ocarina. And right. I don't think either of us had a desire to dive right back into Zelda so quickly. I saw people in the Discord bring up Wario Land 4 as some sort of big deal. Curious what that's about. Don't know anything about it, uh, but sounds cool. Uh, people were very excited about Wario Land 4. Wario Land 4, is that one of the ones where you play as Wario? Or wait, no, of course you play as Wario. It's Wario called Wario Land. Land but yeah. It's not WarioWare. So there's Super Mario Land, and then there's Super Mario Land 2, and then there's, like, Super Mario Land 3, which is, which you play as Wario in that one or something. I don't even and know, And then the next man. one is another game where you play as Wario. Um, I don't know. I, I would play those games. Those yeah. games look cool. Yeah. I'm, I've been waiting on getting an analog pocket. Uh, we ordered our analog pockets, Matt, in yep. January of last year, yep. of 2022. Yep. Uh, and we still have still not. Still waiting gotten them yet this is this is just kind of how it works these days there's cool electronics out there you give them your money yeah. up front and someday if you're lucky yep. santa claus comes a knocking <laughs> and gives you and then you have to thank them too yeah. at the end you got to be like you have to say thank you to somebody you gave money to like a year basically ago. at this point analog real quick come if, if you're listening come come in with me having me pay for a product and then giving me that product more than a year later mm -hmm. is not me customer, you product maker. I'm an investor. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I invested in your company and then I get, I guess, a free one of that. But like, just make sure you're framing it correctly. Like, have you considered like Kickstarter or something? I think that might be like more consistent with expectations. Um, sorry, Analog's great, and they do, they, like, sure. all of their products look amazing. And but, we yeah, thank them. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I, but I guess I'm, in, like, an investor now. I, like, basically, I, I, I own, like, stock in, right. in Analog <laughs> at this point. Uh, I also wanted to check out Tribes 2 for the PC, but we sort of basically let Aliens vs. Predator 2 take over that, and I don't regret that at all. Um, I wish I'd played a bit more of Aliens vs. Predator 2, but I'm glad that's the first-person shooter PC game we went with over Tribes 2, even though I think Tribes is really cool, and Tribes 2 would be the one to do i actually i think that we should have done tribes 2 instead yeah. i think i learned a lesson there which was uh you know if you're thinking because you kind of brought aliens versus predator 2 to the conversation but i yeah. think you would have played more tribes too i don't know that's something i don't that, know that, that that's was actually true but maybe it, really? because it was on my radar yeah i i, I don't know <laughs> that's, that's a tough one to say <laughs> i thought but don't you really like tribes Aren't i you think tribes is real guy? cool but i mean i know how i know how quickly it wears out it's welcome as well is, is a bit of the thing so you know who knows who knows uh anyways a game i remember you fighting for a bit uh but you i remember you gave up uh, about halfway through was jack and daxter there was an argument Argument for Daxter. Jack and Daxter. 
Yeah, Jack and Daxter's cool, and uh, you know, Naughty Dog hasn't really gotten on to the the show at all at this point, right? And it doesn't look like they will. Uh, I think for the first like for a while, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't think they're on the radar. Uh, for a bit and i think jack and daxter would have been an interesting place to start because yeah. it is like it's sort of um it's like the beginning of the old guard at naughty dog kind of giving way to mm-hmm. the new mm-hmm. basically and it's sort of it's sort of them going in uh, a wild direction after crash bandicoot and getting into kind of like a different a different vibe but here's the thing jack and daxter the first game and i might alienate some people with this comment but the first Jack and Daxter is probably not worth playing if you're not going to play the other two, right. in my opinion. It's a good game, but it's really more worth playing in order to play Jack 2, yeah. which is excellent. Um, and also, you could probably just play Jack 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like, that's eventually the line but... we sort of fell on was just like, I think we'll just eventually do Jack 2 and that'll be sufficient. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know when we'll do Jack 2, but maybe, sure. I don't know, maybe someday. Sure. Uh, I think the other big Game Boy Advance thing that was left out that we t- we talked about and it was just eventually voted out was Golden Sun, an accessibly yeah. shorter JRPG on the Game Boy Advance. I think that's one that could have gotten a decent amount of time on and could have had an interesting discussion. But, you know, there was a lot of other things going on in this season. I mean, it's hard to squeeze everything in. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've always wanted to dig into those games. I think I played a little bit of the second one yeah where was the second one also on game yes, boy advance or, okay so i think i played a little bit of the second one at one point uh in like high school uh and yeah they seem they seem like really fun games i've always really liked the art um i like the name it's like good yeah. that's like good market golden <laughs> sun i don't know you're just like i'm just excited about playing a game called golden sun mm-hmm. um but at the same time i also felt like like we had sort of a JRPG representative already yeah, and it was like exactly. kind of a big one, right. you know? Right. Um, now, do I feel like it was the absolute best choice that we had? Probably not. But uh, it was, you know, it, it at least was very well covered in the Electronic Gaming Monthly magazines right. that we were looking at. Like Final Fantasy X was loomed large yes. over 2001. So right. in that way, I do feel good about picking that over anything else. Right. Something else that looms large in EGMs and, and stuff is Gran Turismo 3, you know, Sony's yeah. hot racing game of the year that we didn't even touch. We should have done Gran yeah, Turismo, to I be think honest, because so. it, it's like we, we had done Forza Horizon 5, yeah. um, like not that long ago when this season started. Right. But like at the same time, I don't know, like like when it comes to the history of video games, it feels like racing is a pretty big, important genre because of yeah. its ability to show off. Right. Uh, the technical aspects of a new uh, new hardware. Mm-hmm. And I think Gran Turismo 3 is like a primo example of, hey, look, here's what the PlayStation 2 can do. Right. And people played it and were just like, wow, this is insane. And then, of course, like most games didn't even look as good as that, yeah. like for a while. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it would have been, it, it, it probably should have been on the list as yeah. opposed to some of the other things we did. Right. I think something I learned in doing this season is how long these seasons last. So at the top of the season, I think we made a lot of calls based on stuff we'd recently played, not thinking about like, oh, it's going to be six months before we're done with it. Like, you, you know, like, yeah. it's not like we're saying we're going to play Gran Turismo four weeks after Forza. We're talking about playing Gran Turismo five months after Forza. That's probably perfectly yeah. acceptable. So, yeah, just just understanding a bit more of like what the scope of a season actually entails is it has been helpful. Um, a couple other games that were big deals, I think, that uh, we just didn't even touch on. Uh, Dead or Alive 3 
uh, and Devil May Cry. Also, Zone of the Enders. However, Zone of the Enders, I've in retrospect only decided is super important because Metal Gear Solid 2 was the biggest deal in the whole freaking world. And Metal Gear Solid 2 had a demo on the Zone of the Enders thing. And so most a lot of people played Zone of the Enders only because they were also trying. I mean, EGM literally said Zone of the Enders is the free software that comes with your $50 demo of Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> Yeah, that was such a weird thing that used to happen where you would buy a game because it had a demo for another yeah. game on it. Um, and that's really strange. Uh, and, and what a mean, yeah. mean way to sell software. Right. Like this stuff was expensive to just spend all that money just for a demo. What what little tricksters they were. Um, I don't know. I think Devil May Cry is all right. Yeah. Um, it's it's really stupid. It's right. unbelievably stupid. Um, especially the first one. Uh, but it, I don't know. They're fun. They're fun to play. The thing about those games, though, is I feel like they've kind of evolved in such a way as to where, like, I think I tried to play the original Devil May Cry at some point during, uh, during like, lockdown. Like, yeah. I think in, in 2020, I had, like, the the PlayStation Now service for a little bit, mm -hmm. which uh, is now just PlayStation Plus with, like, streaming games and stuff. And one of the things they had was the original Devil May Cry on an HD collection. I loved that game back when it came out. Yeah. Uh, and I loaded it up and just kind of immediately felt like, oh, yeah, if it's, like, a fast action game, like, and the whole point is speed... And you can kind of just load up the most recent one. I mean, it just feels yeah, like yeah. I realize that might be sacrilegious to some people, but there's a difference to me between something like Ninja Gaiden Black yeah. and then like Devil May Cry. Whereas like Devil May Cry, I may as well play Devil May Cry 5 and just be like, yeah, this is fast, right. hard, rough, crazy. Um, and not like it's not a very contemplative combat system. It's yeah. more about looking cool and moving quickly. Right. Um, whereas like there were other character action games that were like, slower and more meticulous and more about mastering the mechanics yep. um in a like moment to moment way yeah and as for dead or alive 3 i mean again we've kind of had to bring it up a number of times we're just not really fighting game people and i don't know that we would have done any justice to dead or alive 3 honestly i mean we would have just kind of talked about it and it would have been another fighting game we checked out so i'm okay with missing out on that one even if there's fighting game people that thought that was you know the big important one of 2001 i would understand that um perspective i suppose yeah, I just feel like overall Dead or Alive is not a yeah. series that appeals to me either. So right. I just, I don't know. It's, right. it's not it's not one that I'm even curious about. There's yeah. a lot of fighting games I'm curious about and want to get into. Right. And yeah, Dead or Alive it, it ain't that. <laughs> ain't it. Uh, well, let's, do we want to then shift into getting a little bit more reframing our brains for 2001 historically. We've been for the past few days like rereading a bunch of Electronic Gaming Monthlies. We specifically chose that one because like it's what Hunter grew up with. I I mean I also really like it. I think it's kind of the most revered. Notably what it misses. I mean they don't talk about PC stuff. We could have also like tried to read a bunch of PC gamer issues but that I, we just didn't have time to read a bunch of both or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like this is going to have a, a console bent to it uh, in terms of what we're talking about historically. But that's also 2001 is the year of a monumental shift in consoles. So that's like I think focusing mostly on console stuff was pretty important for 2001 because you're talking about Nintendo 64 is, you know, on the outs. GameCube's about to get introduced. Dreamcast dies this year. Right. Sony PlayStation hits its stride. It has a horrible launch in 2000 that people uh, really were mad at, but horrible because it ushered in a new wave of launches. PS2 is regarded as the first 
game console launch that Americans lined up for. It's the first time that it happened uh, in, in a meaningful respect. And so you see the PS2 hitting its stride, and it's the introduction of the Xbox. Like, it, this is the year that the new top three that we are still with 20 years later, this is the year it's all established from the console perspective. So I do think sticking with EGM and a console focus is like very important to understanding what the, the theme of 2001 is. Also with the release of Halo, it is where you kind of get the beginning of the um, PC and console market is not so different right. at this point, you yeah. know, like, it's it's still very early for that, but I do think that that this is the beginning of that journey where we eventually get to now, where it's like I don't know. I mean, your PC is just a console now, yeah, right. uh, and your console is just a PC now. I don't know. They're just the same thing. It's it's yeah. there's not much difference. It's so interesting because you and I found a section of one of the EGMs where that was brought specifically up. Like it was very prescient. They, people didn't want that to happen in two thousand one. Yeah, people people were scared of that. Saw the difference between PC and consoles and they were like PC is where patches day one patches come out like how now how often do we now talk about day one patches for any old single player game? I mean it's like cyberpunk right. is this legendary thing now because of all the horrible patches that had to follow after its release that was like predicted in 2001 because people were nervous about the Xbox the Xbox was coming in being like we're going to be sort of like a PC for your you know television in the living room and everything and people like were very adverse to that initially well it was because the Xbox had a hard drive right and they were and, and in general that was there was a discussion of oh there's good they're gonna have hard drives and like <laughs> which is weird because that's actually like a feature that's yeah, like yeah. a nice feat like it's right. a new feature but people were scared because it was like well if there's a hard drive that means day one patches i want to say though for the record as somebody who was a child at this time who would occasionally get a pc game yeah and and i'm i know i'm calling out some of the audience and you just have to remember that maybe you were older than me so you were smarter right but playing games on pc back in 2001 or in the 90s was a pain in the butt yeah <laughs> and, and very frequently you would spend actual money yeah. to get software that you brought home only to find out it was not going to run well at all yeah. on your system right uh even if you looked at the minimum requirements and was like i'm pretty sure i'm i'm okay here yeah lots of hiccups lots of like kind of non-standardized bs yeah. that would just happen constantly i remember i got um there was a battlefield game uh that came out that was like it was like a futuristic battlefield game yeah. like tw battlefield 2042 or something yeah, like yeah. that this, this wasn't this was even much later, later than 2001 um bought it brought it home to a pc that i was like this can definitely run this yeah and no it chugged <laughs> so yeah. bad yeah um, and that was like 50 bucks I just wasted. Yeah, I grew up with bad PCs, basically. I mean, I was my, my family was always technologically behind. I mean, I, we did not, we sort of had America online in like even into the early 2000s. Like, I don't remember having right. internet in a meaningful sense until like, I'm not kidding, maybe 2005, maybe 2004 or so. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was a long ways in. So so any of these things were, were things that escaped me. The, the only PC games I was really playing at this time was like Age of Empires 2 or whatever. Right. Um, and, and then eventually Steam grabbed me uh, and Valve got me. But but that's that's a, a story for later. Um, yeah, I mentioned the PS2 launch was uh, more dire than I realized. And especially at the time of the PS2 launch, Things were really rough in America and the writing wasn't on the wall yet for the Dreamcast. So at least EGM, you know, is like a hit magazine that like really leans 
Sega, like liking Sega stuff. Uh, yeah. But boy, they were like mad. There was so there's so much reader mail in those early issues of 2001 where it's like, screw the PlayStation, Dreamcast for life, everybody else can get out. And watching that turn over the first few months of 2001 as Dreamcast gets worse and worse and worse and like is kind of actively lying to people about what exactly is going to happen. And then like finally, it's like the April issue or so or March issue where they're like, yeah, actually we're going to not make uh, or we're done with consoles. And like, that was stunning. I mean, you, you get to see the, the sheer surprise on even the writer's face. I mean, there was all the rumors that Sega was going to start putting software on other consoles, but I, not very many people realized they were going to completely halt production of the dreamcast. Yeah. It's weird knowing what we know now. And then reading those articles where clearly Sega is just bold face lying uh, to people either that, or, you know, they truly had no idea what was going on with themselves (laughs) while they were talking to other people. I do want to say something about complaints about the PS2 launch. Yeah. Um, I actually do feel like, you know, I feel like people forget this, but you know, when a game console comes out, like, uh, now I feel like we don't care so much because a lot of software gets grandfathered onto a console. Right. You just kind of take it home and you're like, you know what? I'm going to play Among Us or yeah. whatever. I don't, it doesn't <laughs> matter. But um, for the PlayStation 2, they actually did have a pretty bad like launch yeah. title, like as in launch right. title lineup. It's it's there's no killer app. Yeah. Uh, there's like silent scope. <laughs> like there's what what do they got? There's Kesson. Uh There's Eternal Ring, which is basically Elden Ring. Yeah. Um and there's Dynasty Warriors 2. Like it's not it's not like a great not a great lineup. Yeah. But it's just that very soon after is when the good stuff came out. But that was kind of a weird thing to do. Most time a console comes out yeah with one really good game at least right, for they you come to packaged play in, right, right? You know, Sega and Nintendo are yeah. known for like here's your Mario game, it comes with the console, right. ready to go. Right. You you're definitely you've definitely got at least one thing to play. And I also think some of it is a bit unfounded because the the complaints are like long lines, not enough things. It's like, I don't know, I just lived through 2021 and 2022. We've never seen console shortages like we have recently. We opened this episode talking about the analog pocket and how nobody right. can get stuff anymore. So that falls on deaf ears for me now. That's become commonplace of like, listen, there's right. a huge spike on launch day. There's never enough. We you know, you saw you see it with like almost every single Sony playstation right ps3 ps4 ps5 have all had oh we ran out of consoles right at the beginning and it's going to be like Mm. a while before the next wave comes out or whatever so there was a lot of complaints about the ps2 launch that are really just like oh you just don't understand how things are about to start working all the time now right that's true yeah they just weren't used to the future the way we are are now their future future. (laughs) was is actually our present you know what i mean so we're in the present and they're uh-huh. in the past. Why are they complaining uh, about it so much is what I don't understand. Yeah, why were they complaining about the past? <laughs> Weren't they used to the future yet? <laughs> what are these past losers not knowing how the future or present works? Uh, so, okay. Do we want to start talking about like our actual 18 games that uh, that that are in our list? Yeah, well, first we need to figure out what the dang logic is going to be mm-hmm. or how, what do we want to do with this ranking? Yeah. Because we have a master list that all these games have been ranked on and it's beautiful and it's perfect every mm-hmm. week. It's perfect mm-hmm. um, and it's shiny. Yep. Um, but what do we do with this one? Yeah. What do we do with our smaller list? What is more interesting to us? I have a suggestion if you... if you Always. Um, unless you want to go first. Always open to suggestions first. Okay. 
I think we we so we were children yeah. when 2001 happened. We did did in fact not write for Electronic Gaming Monthly right. or Die Hard Game Fan or Tips and Tricks <laughs> or PC Gamer or Nintendo Power <laughs> or Xbox Magazine uh -huh. or Official PlayStation Magazine because not because we weren't good enough to write there. Um, obviously we were. We I've definitely read this were. stuff. It, yeah, we were. We were better. I was smarter Actually, yeah, than they I, were. <laughs> after reading this stuff and the, the things they allowed into like reader mail, holy God. Uh, oh my we, God. They, things could be guys. a lot better. Jesus. Jesus. My favorite thing about reader mail is they also include the person emailing them's email address. So Dude. anyone else can just like, there's, a, there's your information. Just here it is. <laughs> They print their readers saying crazy inflammatory <laughs> stuff and then it basically ends with and here's where you find them if you yeah. want to like just email them some of your own guff and y'all can just fight via email for a while so ridiculous so i can't beautiful. believe you would print someone's email egm yeah. you are nuts <laughs> um i say because we were kids yeah i think we should role play mind palace ourselves in 2001, working for one of these magazines, yes. making an end of the year list right. in 2001. Right. That's that's what it should be. We are now it, adults. We are 33-year-old men in 2001, and it is time for us, the editors and writers of EGM, to give our right. games of the year uh, for for this. So how? Well, so EGM very specifically does it like by console, and then they do it by genre. But do yes. we want to, I think, I think we're sort of teasing around the idea of like two separate lists. Like, do we want a final one through 18 ranking of these things? And then a separate, like, here's our favorite stuff to, to do. Or do we want to like make that all one idea? Um, I think that we should not worry about the ranked list part right. so much. Right. And we should instead do it magazine style. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the should, best games, whether it be by console or by genre, or we come up with our own goofy editorial metric that is just like the, you know, the, yes. the, the Ogagas for 2001 is what we are about to write. The OGA yeah. Game Awards for 2001. Yeah, something something like that. Maybe, w w like, I, I really want to try and very earnestly, though, go, like, explain the yes. logic of why we should pick this as game of the year in right. 2001 if we time traveled back definitely that's, yeah that's what i think it should be yeah um, so i mean i think first and foremost something that has to be i think the two things that have to most be addressed are the hype and build up to two games metal gear okay. solid 2 and halo combat evolved yeah and those two games being like knockout successes in their metrics as well, right? Like those are the yeah. two games where in 2001, not only were we all completely freaking out about the possibility of these games, Metal Gear Solid 2 because it was the sequel to Metal Gear Solid 1, Halo because it was very quickly becoming the like, this is the one to get for Xbox. Yeah. This is your yeah. Mario for Xbox. You know, people, it, it, I think it creeped in but as you got closer to the Xbox launch, Halo was very obviously the most technologically impressive. I mean, people were calling it like the most beautiful game of all three consoles. Like it, it, right. it was graphically miles ahead of other things. I don't know if we specifically think that's true now, but like that's how people were feeling in the moment. And both those games held true to that hype, basically. People, they, they remain beloved. I thought it was true at the time. Yeah. I definitely thought that, that Halo was like 
kind of wild to look at. And I remember walking through a lot of the Halo levels as a kid and being just like, I would just kind of hang out in them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you would, you would play through. I remember in Assault on the Control Room, yes. there would be the bridge sequences where you would go uh, and, and underneath the bridge would just be this deep like valley, this yeah. kind of gorge that later you're going to visit at another part of right. the level. Right. And I would, I would kill all the enemies on the bridge and then I would just kind of look out at the vast emptiness yep. and I would realize that like, hey, there's like stuff down there. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't get down there without dying if you jump off or I'm sure there's some glitches. That yeah, some, we definitely played around and found the way to get down there. You definitely can, but you that's definitely the can. whole oh, stupid I did not way. Know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so that's the thing is like, but realizing that it was like loaded down yeah, yeah, there, right. that it was like there, there, there was new. actually stuff that right. was cool. The There was a lot in 2001, a lot of, of I feel like, the impressive technology stuff was just about realizing that the whole world is out there. Yeah. You know, it's no longer smoke and mirrors. Right. It's no longer, you know, bits loaded yeah. at one time. Right. It, it is feeling more per persistent yeah. and more uh, all, all together of itself. I'll put two more games in that camp thing. Cause I think that's a good point of like what we're talking about in this era is really coming into a new, like, no, 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 these environments actually exist. And I think grand theft auto three and eco both have to get really high props in that regard too. Like, I mean, grand theft auto three's promise is like, you can go anywhere. We're not right. to the point yet where you can like go inside any building. We're still not at that point for many, no. many games in 2023. Right. So whatever, but eco and grand theft auto are both also like huge, you know, amazing vistas. And, and it's like, you can get there. You will get there. You will fold back in on yourself. You'll end up in all these spots. So yeah. And in terms of like technological advancement, halo, MGS two, grand theft auto three and eco, I think all, are promise fulfillers basically yeah and and i think it's funny that it's funny that eco actually earns getting the same mention mm. because eco is doing it in an entirely different way involving yeah. like you know uh there's some loading in there there's there's not that there's not loading all these games have loading yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, what i mean is that the the you don't have full control of the camera right. you have pre-baked camera angles almost mm -hmm. resident evil style you you do influence the camera but it does like the way that it's kind of beat out yeah is very deliberate um and obviously for you know the, for the purposes of showing the playstation 2 in its best light yeah yeah um whereas grand theft auto 3 takes the more you know the the rougher approach of yeah. just like yeah do just walk around i guess and and that leaves all kinds of weird stuff like you go to the pier and oh there are suddenly pedestrians there why are there yeah. so many pedestrians <laughs> by the pier you know it's like it shows off more uh of a of fully fleshed out world yeah um but it does so at a cost yeah. and i would say <laughs> eco's world feels more fully realized yeah. even though it does have a little bit of the old smoke and mirrors right. in it right yeah, it's it's hiding behind more things, but it's all in in service of a better vision, sort of as it were, of a deeper whole. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to get too away from this topic, but the other thing I'm thinking, I'm just sort of like categorizing these games and like what sort of rewards they're striving for in different ways, essentially. Yeah. The other thing I think that you and I have noted throughout this season, and um, the way I want to put my editorial hat on is if we were if if the old gamers almanac was a magazine in 2001 which it was by the way i don't know if you remember this bit but uh this has been a magazine that's existed yeah for, yeah yeah for I, I remember so, i know the bit uh i think the ogagas would also care 
about not just moving forward, because that is important. I mean, that especially 2001, like it's a big year about moving forward. But I do think there's a couple of very big mentions that belong on our list that are things that are like sort of preserving a history of games and a, a sort right. of calling back to the games of old that, that deserve special mention in that category. The ones I think of are Advance Wars, Bongayo, uh, Klonoa 2, and maybe even Silent Hill 2, basically. I mean, Silent Hill yeah. 2 is 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 in your PS1 era, like, mechanics just with graphical upgrades. But those right. those four games speak to me in terms of, like, listen, this is, like, the retro hits that are still proving that good design is good design, no matter if it's the hot newness or whatever. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, I mean, so how do we want to structure this? I was yeah. kind of thinking that we could go... Like EGM style, we could go console by console. Okay. And the thing is, my, my point here is not for us to only consider games that we talked about. I think okay, you, sure. we, should, we should be able to nominate literally anything from that year uh, for for these different. Like the the point is for us to to role play the spot of EGM editor. Uh-huh. Who cares about Old Gamers Almanac? That show sucks. That's not <laughs> even the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. The point is, let's go kind of line by line here um and i think we should start with the dreamcast to be honest yeah like what yeah, we, we what, need to crown a victor of the dreamcast uh what is what is the dreamcast game of the year for 2001 um uh, our options include stuff we've talked about sonic adventure 2 uh we've talked about bongayo yep but there's also stuff like fantasy star online yep. there's uh stuff like well, there's the 2K games. Uh, Daytona USA came out that year for Dreamcast. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Taxi 2 yes. came out that year for Dreamcast. Um, I don't prefer Crazy Taxi 2, by the way. I played sure. Crazy Taxi 2 when I was doing my uh, streaming every Dreamcast game yeah. uh, stream that I only made it to the H's on. <laughs> um, but hey, guess what? Uh, Crazy Taxi, that starts with a C, so I did do that one. <laughs> um, but I mean, what what do we think? I mean, I feel like it's kind of... I feel like it's kind of just i mean you haven't played fantasy star but you are interested in it well oh hang on i've, I've played some fantasy star in my day i play i played a decent chunk of uh fantasy star online for the gamecube when they ported it to the game oh, right i yeah. didn't play it in the online environment that was basically like a four-player co-op thing when you didn't have any sort of network adapters or whatever but you could still play like screen sharing four-player so i know the mechanics of fantasy star i know what we're talking about when we say like it's not a very fun uh combat system basically i do i have very strong remembers that i remember the world like completely like wrapping me up though i loved the creatures i loved the environments like i i that stuff drew me in with fantasy star um and we know you know I've, i've i've said plenty of times i don't have a whole lot of love for Sonic Adventure 2 as, you know, like my what's going to represent the Dreamcast. So it's tricky because for me, the thing I most enjoyed out of all of this is Bongayo, even though Bongayo is like not proving anything about the Dreamcast basically at all. Yeah, but I personally think it should have been, I should have been the Dreamcast game of the year that year. It would have been a contender, had I worked at EGM, it would have been a contender for overall game of the year. Right. Um, speaking of which, what did EGM give Dreamcast uh, game of the year? They gave Fantasy Star Online game of the year. Wow. And so okay, did their so readers. They, they, the way they structured it this year was their thing and then uh, the reader s- submissions. Fantasy Star was top of both. Technically, Fantasy Star Online version 2. They released online version one and then they, re- they released sort of the update midway through the year and everybody really liked the update. The runner-up uh, publisher runner-up was NBA 2K2, and the yep. runner-up for the readers was Sonic Adventure 2. 
Wow. Okay. So Mongaio didn't even get a mention. Yep. Um, we can consider, I think, all of those games. And I mean, obviously, the time that I spent with Bongayo was uh, essentially the type of experience I wanted to have with Anachronox, yeah. where I had heard about this game, uh, never played it myself, but I'd heard a lot of people talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I heard people talk about Bongayo. I heard people talk about the sequel, Bongayo Spirits, on the on the yeah. DS, and was just really like, I, I just got to have these games. I've watched videos yeah. of them. And then we go to play it, and it was just so much fun yep. and so well, like almost Mario in its meticulousness mm-hmm. of just like here is this level, it has exactly this hook, yep. get into it, and they were in just the little bite-sized yeah. chunks of Bongayo. It's so, I mean, and and honestly too, besides Crazy Taxi too, I don't actually think there's much contest here. I mean, Sonic Adventure yep. two is, you know. It's cool if you're a freak, and we are yeah, freaks, right. okay, but we're putting our serious hats on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's, it's I and I do still like Sonic Adventure 2 yeah. more than Well, the Sonic interesting Adventure, thing but. here, too, is we're talking about Dreamcast Game of the Year. My answer for best Sega Game of the Year is a different answer, and this is the year where Sega changes. I mean, I feel like we could, like, we could do a bunch of different types of awards, but console-wise, I do want it to be Bongayo. Sega yeah. game, you know, if we, if we did like a publisher <laughs> game of the year rank, you know, things, I would have a different answer. But yeah, I'm really, I think it's awesome to give it to Bongayo. I think, okay. I think Bongayo is such a brilliant experiment in level design. Like you said, like it's, it's like what, 48, like it's almost 50 levels. Each one feels like wholly unique and doing a crazy new thing and, and taking advantage of the very simple mechanics in a new way. Um, it definitely is right. a thing that should have, caught more steam basically yeah absolutely okay what do you want to do next we could do gamecube or we let's, could do like Game i'm, Boy I'm Advance. looking in order here i'm gonna stick with the published order let's do gamecube game of the year awesome okay so gamecube possibilities we've got uh for our list we have covered super smash brothers melee we've covered pikmin we've covered super monkey ball uh and that's about it as yeah. far as stuff that exclusives, is exclusives basically yeah yeah that is exclusive now we could talk about tony hawk pro skater 3 right. here um which is a game that is that we have covered just we didn't do the gamecube version yeah um worth noting is i did i played tony hawk pro skater 3 on the game it was a gamecube game to me just while we're oh. mentioning that for me that's where i fell in love with tony hawk's pro skater 3 anyways well then that i would say that's fair to bring up here but yeah. um what i want to talk about real quick is a little game called Star Wars Rogue Leader. Yep. Colon <laughs> Rogue Squadron 2. Yeah. Um, this was a launch game for the GameCube. It is a arcade uh, space shooting X-Wing controlling Star Wars game. Yep. Uh, it is really fun and does not work that well on emulators <laughs> for some reason, even still. Yeah. It is 2023 right now, and That's Rogue funny. Leader is kind of clunky on the old Dolphin. Uh, yeah. Dolphin's amazing, by the way, though. Right. Like, it, it's... It's uh, so well executed, that emulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. But for some reason, Rogue Leader is just tough. It's probably because it was a launch title. They must have made some like silly decisions or something. Right. But uh, yeah, it's a game where you fly around in an uh, X-Wing and you shoot at TIE Fighters. And uh, I feel like it looked way better than it should have for the time. Right. Like at the time, it made the GameCube seem like it was going to look really great. Well, and that was insane. the thing too in reading more about the GameCube. There was a point in time where GameCube, GameCube was the only time Nintendo as a console was like, 
we are about the graphics this yeah. time. That was a thing with the game. Like, people do not think about that with Nintendo anymore, right? Ever since the Wii, Nintendo has been, like, a generation behind, essentially, with graphics. They right. just specifically chose to not update any graphics from the GameCube to the Wii. But the GameCube was known. There was a quote in one of the reader mails that was like, who cares about graphics? I think Nintendo's going for a stupid thing here. And it's like, wait, what, what, a, like, what, what a completely new idea mm -hmm. to a modern audience is that at some point you could have criticized Nintendo for focusing too much on graphics well and it's also the only time that they're like aesthetic in general like like the gamecube logo it, it's like you look at it and yeah. you're like wow they like playstation really got to them right. you know what i mean right. like the whole like identity of nintendo i felt like was very threatened by the existence of the playstation yeah. and you can see it in the graphic design of the gamecube now the gamecube is great but i can understand like if you were an adult at the time seeing the GameCube as like, oh, come on, Nintendo, you don't have to get scared. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to be okay. But yeah, the N64, it was a weird time. It was yeah. a weird time. Definitely a weird um, time. Rogue Leader is very good, though. Uh, it sucks that you kind of have to, you know, jump through some hoops in order to play it unless, yeah. you you know, you still got your original GameCube there right. uh, with some sort of HDMI uh, transcoder or whatever <laughs> you call it, uh, uh, cable that yeah. will allow you to play that with your original uh, copy of the game. I loved it. Um, I think it's super good. It would have been, uh, at that time, it would have been my GameCube game of the year when I was a kid, but that's not, we're yeah. not doing that. But yeah. uh, but what I don't know, does Super Smash Brothers Melee have any real competition here? I don't think so. I'm looking at the list. So, so Smash Brothers Melee won both the publisher and reader pick. Rogue Leader yeah. was second, but listen to this vote breakdown. I didn't read the vote breakdowns for Dreamcast. Maybe I could have, but the, the GameCube one is stark and hilarious. Super Smash Brothers Melee earned 53% of the votes <laughs> out of all wow. of the GameCube games. And Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader was 26% of the votes. And then it's another jump down to 7% for Pikmin and 3% for Super Monkey Ball. So it's just like... A, a complete slide off at least in the EGM readership uh, of how they feel about these games it is just melee with a bullet for them um, I definitely think Pikmin deserves more love in this especially Absolutely. as a GameCube game that 7% of that vote is, is a sad thing to say it's literally almost uh, it's like 10% of the vote that melee got in this poll or whatever that right. they did um so for me i would love to push that forward but i honestly for me i don't know that it outweighs melee i mean i do think melee is like the gamecube game and it remained the gamecube game for like the entire life cycle of the gamecube i mean it's a, it's astounding that melee came out as a launch title and is the game people still play today right right like, that's crazy launch titles usually have like generally a short shelf life it's like oh it's impressive on the new hardware but something's going to overshadow it later on that's you know more technologically you know efficient or whatever and that's just not the case with melee it just completely lasted forever yeah i do think we have to agree with the past and basically say melee um my only argument and it's a it's a thin one is that with super smash brothers melee you have uh, the beginning, or it's not really the beginning, it's the second the second entry, but mm -hmm. it feels like the beginning it because does, it yeah. feels like it kind of reframes some things right. in some key ways. Uh, whereas every Smash Brothers game afterwards kind of lives in its shadow until yeah. you get to Ultimate, in which case it feels like there is like finally a worthy successor. Pikmin, also a very interesting game, new idea, establishes a series where today, in 2023, we're like, ah, Pikmin 4, this is going to be fun, and probably in a lot of ways better than the original Pikmin. right. right. 
Star Wars Rogue Leader, <laughs> colon, Rogue Squadron 2, is the last really good one uh-huh. of almost an entire yeah. genre, okay? We're not playing games where we fly around arcade style. There is no Star Fox anymore. Yeah. Uh, even... Even uh, Rogue Squadron had a, a follow-up game called uh, Rogue Squadron 3 yeah. uh, Rebel Strike, uh, which sucked because there was like on-foot missions that are just no good. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, it also included the entirety of Rogue Leader, but with a co-op aspect, which is great, but it was weird that it was on like a different game. Uh-huh. Anyways, I'm losing my focus here. What I'm saying <laughs> is that it could be Rogue Leader okay. because Rogue Leader stood the test time and it's just back there yeah. as a lost path we could have taken right that's well, all i'm saying the, you know it's a fair argument i i haven't ever played the game so i just don't even know like i don't i'm not i'm not on this bandwagon that doesn't mm-hmm. really matter to me I, what you said though reminded me of uh, i want to at least then plead my case for tony hawk's pro skater 3 which is to say tony hawk pro skater 3 is also the last good one of like an mm. entire genre, an entire genre died with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three, basically. Sure. Um, yeah. And uh, for me, it was a GameCube game. It's definitely not going to compete. Like, it's not going to be the best PS2 game of the year. It's not going to be the best Xbox game of the year. Its only shot is in this GameCube it's category. In the GameCube zone. And I, the problem is, you have played it and it didn't click with you. I haven't even played Rogue Squadron Two. Maybe it would click with me. It's tough to say. But if anything, I just wanted to take that opportunity to once yeah, again yeah. sing THPS's three uh, three's praises. I, I love that game and it, it was a big deal to me. I I here's here's my other caveat to this ar- argument. I mean, I think we, well, let's just go with melee. But uh, here's <laughs> here's the thing. I just I just want to say this. Uh, so you said uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. It was the last good one. Um, they did actually, though, remake Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and, and 2. two. Yeah. Kind of like, I feel like that's kind of a point in the like, no, we're actually still doing something to yeah. kind of preserve Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Right. Uh, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron games are probably dead forever. Yeah. I mean, we would have to have, the mouse would have to come down well, and talk the, to Mario what's about the new, it. What's that new flying? Didn't we get a... It's a sort of successor. You got to recognize the different traditions. I don't here. know the yeah. difference, so yeah, yeah. please so, explain so it we've, to me. We've got Star Wars Squadrons, yeah. which was the is the game you're talking about, yes. which is that is more in the X-wing Tie Fighter PC game tradition, whereas Rogue Squadron is like the arcade like version. Like imagine yeah. Tie Fighter and X-wing okay. is Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Rogue Squadron is Ridge Racer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's 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 kind of the difference there. Um, but yeah, what should we actually pick? I feel like Melee isn't even just game of the year for GameCube. It's the game of the GameCube. Yeah, right. It's, it's the number one <laughs> of all the ones they made for that box. You yeah, know what this absolutely. makes me want to do? And I've I've had this thought a lot recently because 2022 was the year of Elden Ring. And what was so funny is in the fallout of 2022, everyone's game a year list had to reckon with, well, obviously Elden Ring wins, but the yeah. rest of the list is really interesting, actually. Yeah. And from an editorial yeah. standpoint, it's not, it, no one, like we all actually don't care about talking about Elden Ring anymore because it's such a known quantity that we all just sort of talk about it and then that, you know, whatever, that's it. But trying to decide what is the number two game of the year has become such a thing that I like there is a part of me that thinks that is a worthy a more worthy award than the game mm-hmm. of the year which is like well the game of the year has to be the obvious thing but can we all can we crown runners up 
lists yeah. of the year for each of these yeah. that are like are valid like this is the thing that deserves a mention and especially runner-ups of the year the thing that you know if you say something hit if you say bongayo is your dreamcast game of the year you're being away a right you're doing a thing and everyone knows you're doing a thing and i agree with it with dreamcast because whatever dreamcast is its own thing in this year too but if you say the really cool weird off-color game is your runner-up of the year people will check it out and you also don't necessarily get flack for it because you're not replacing it with your game of the year or whatever sure and i i agree if you're if your statement is we should do runner-ups then let's do it. Let's start here. But I will say this: like Bongayo is absolutely the best yeah, game yeah, that was yeah. released on the Dreamcast in two thousand one. I'll and, fight. Oh, yeah, I'll no, fight. I, I I actually fully agree there. So I no, will no, not fight no you issue. in the alley in the dark. <laughs> like it, meet me at midnight. You yeah. know, we let's let's knife. So the question then is: as an editorial board, you and I, yeah, we have an option to invert that and say no we're a cool magazine and our game of the year is going to be the fucked up stupid thing but we'll say a runner up so that everybody can recognize that we said the good thing is a good thing and we didn't say melee was bad we said melee is the runner up game of the year but it's not what impressed us the most okay but we're role playing as egm like what i want is for us to the goal is the role of the role play is to kind of guide the conversation in general yeah. towards a more truer truth sure. than perhaps the EGM writers were capable of <laughs> back in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think let's go, let's go game of the year be what we really think runner up, be the cool pick. Cool. Basically. Okay. I love um, it. So then dreamcast game of the year, game of the year, bongayo runner up bongayo. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's pretty good um, I, because I don't really care about giving like anything else to yeah. anything else. Um, yeah, I I mean maybe Crazy Taxi Two. What if we just said Crazy Taxi Two for runner up for Dreamcast? That'd be more fun. Uh, uh, sure. Sonic yeah, Adventure I mean I don't I don't, I don't I don't care, but I think I think it's in my heart it's actually Bongo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Okay, so GameCube Game of the Year, Super Smash Brothers Melee runner up, Rogue Leader. I mean, huh? Rogue Leader. Yeah, but what about Monkey Ball, though? You kind of got me thinking. Oh, Monkey okay. Ball, All right. Now actually. we're turning around. Okay. See, now, see, now you've kind of, you kind of like, you've, you've laid down some parameters. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then we should probably say Monkey Ball was actually. Well, okay. The but that, so if we're really getting weird, is it Pikmin or is it Monkey Ball? Is Pikmin weird enough to be our, our darling? Or, I mean, I'm kind of down with either. So if you lean Monkey Ball, that, that, like, that's actually chill with me. Um, I think I personally liked Pikmin more. And yeah. I think Pikmin's a f- more fun promise of the future, but like Super Monkey Ball is a solid promise of exactly what it is. It's just like it is its perfect little ecosystem, right? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely down with either. I think more people in 2001 should have played Pikmin. I know a lot of people did eventually play Pikmin, yeah. but I think that's kind of what I'm getting stuck on. So I think runner up should be Pikmin, cool. actually. I love it. Uh, Monkey Ball w- will eventually gather momentum yeah, as yeah. that ball rolls down <laughs> the hill. Uh, but Pikmin need, just needed more eyeballs on it at the time. Yeah. Okay. We have a hilarious next uh, category then because uh, EGM's next uh, game of the year was for Nintendo 64, which still existed at this point and was still getting wow. new games. And we didn't cover okay. a single one of them. So we're in completely uncharted territory. Just right, for an well, example of 64 games, I'll, I'll read off the, the list of the, of their stuff. So uh, EGM gave it to Paper Mario. The runner-up was Conker's Bad Fur Day. The voters said the inverse of that, Conker's Bad Fur Day and runner-up Paper Mario. Other notable entries, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, 
was uh, it is a 2000 game, but was released for the Nintendo 64 in 2001. So that's a little messy. But then you've also got Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium 2, and Madden NFL 2002. Pokemon Stadium 2 is a big deal to me. I played the pants off of Pokemon Stadium 2, uh, and I, I liked that game quite a bit. Pokemon Stadium 2 is the one that you could hook up the Game Boy Color adapter to the bottom of your N64 controller. And you could, like, import your Pokemon into the game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that was possible with Pokemon Stadium 1. That, it probably that was. Pokemon was. Stadium 1, but, yeah. But uh, po- Pokemon Stadium 2, you could do it with gold and silver. Yeah, that is cool. Um, I'll say this. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I think we could do this however you want. I, well, actually, you know what? Here's my stipulation. Conker's Bad Fur Day walks away with no awards today. Oh, no way. We're not giving that that clown any of our precious jewels. No, definitely not. Yeah. I think that Paper Mario probably is the deserving one, but I do... I'm basically pushing for Pokemon Stadium 2 to be our runner-up of the year. Basically over... uh, I mean, over not many other entries worth mentioning, essentially, right? I mean, Mario Party 3 would be the, the other idea and i mean i don't think there's anything particularly interesting to write home about mario party 3 let's do it all right so game nintendo 64 game of the year 2001 paper mario runner-up pokemon stadium 2 (laughs) i played here's how i played pokemon stadium 2 i used it to play pokemon gold or pokemon silver on my television oh yeah because you could just only (laughs) purpose That was all it existed That was the for. other factor. I forgot about that game. You know what's stupid is I actually think the mini games in Pokemon Stadium games are great. Like just from right. in, in a mini game ecosystem, which there's a lot of bad. Like I play Kirby games and Kirby games come out with mini games. And most of those mini games are trash. But Pokemon Stadium has like legitimately really good and fun. Uh, there, you can basically play uh, off-road in there's an off-road mini game in Pokemon Stadium 2. Like the yeah, off-road I, arcade game. You, I have it, no memory it? of the mini games it's, except for maybe anyways, one having to do with eating sure, food. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, let's move on to our other throwback then, because the PlayStation was still also, honestly in a perfectly good stride at this point. That's the big difference in this year. Is N64? Everyone's like, oh, we're running out of games, aren't we? We're really focusing on the GameCube, uh, and right. Sony is out here like we're doing great hits for the PS2. We're also doing great hits for the PlayStation. There's Dragon Warrior Seven or Dragon Quest Seven. Uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Chronicles is brought up a lot. Obviously, uh, <laughs> oh, I say obviously. There's stuff like Siphon Filter. Three Metal Slug X, uh, Tales of Destiny 2. There's a lot of JRPGs, I think, that were coming out on the PlayStation in this year that are probably worth mentioning. Honestly, the thing that is kind of the boring answer is that was when they put out Final Fantasy Chronicles, which yeah. is a re-release of uh, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty chill, huh? Right. Um, and that was a cool game. I think that... This is well, whoa, and also there's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Huh? Yeah, they they That's... they ported it backwards on the PlayStation. Although that is absolutely like definitively the worst way to play the Tony Hawk's Three. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's not worry about that one then. Um, I haven't played Dragon Warrior Seven, but I thought about it all year, and yep. I continue to think about it all the time and want to play it. So yep. it's my pick for yep. a PlayStation game of that year, it, even though my... I haven't played it and I don't care. <laughs> it's mine too. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I actually just don't care about any of this. So you can you can let's pick have runner the cool. Up be... Let's have runner-up be uh, Metal Slug. Uh, metal, cool. yeah. Let's have metal it be Slug Metal Slug X. X, yeah, or ten, whatever that is. Whatever it is, wh- wh- whichever it is. I dig it. Okay, now for a real category. After that brief sojourn, it's PlayStation Two Game of the Year. This is, I mean, this is the tough one, right? Because. 
this is not the launch year of the PlayStation 2. This is the year PlayStation 2 starts coming out with all of its games. One of my fears even going into the season was like, I don't want it to be the PS2 season. Like, I want to make sure other right. stuff is well represented. And I think we did a great job of that, especially considering the best games of the year were coming out on PS2, essentially. Yep. I mean, it's like, yep. you know, your Xbox and your GameCube had like two noteworthy games, maybe. Like, arguably just one noteworthy game per console. And then PS2 is like where everything was happening this year. So right. this one is going to be difficult. Yeah, I think so. And uh, the other thing is that I think we're going to have to I think we're going to have to also kind of... So one thing I don't want to happen is Game of the Year can't be just like one of these like as well. So Game of the Year, I think, sure. should be a separate thing from the... So whatever, yeah. you know, if our Game of the Year happens to be a PlayStation 2 game... We got to change that, the math. Yeah. Um, but what I want to select here is what game I thought was the PlayStation 2 right. the most yeah, yeah. in 2001. And I think that... You know, this is a game that I would maybe have thought should have just been game of the year, but I think that's too selfish. I think it doesn't make sense. I think the most PlayStation 2 game of 2001 is obviously Silent Hill 2. Mm. And I think it is just like such a defining experience of what the PlayStation 2 is and yeah. what makes it great. Interesting. That I, I And I don't feel like it is something that defined all games forever yeah. or that I think should have worn the... It, it's not that that Silent Hill 2 should have been game of the year for everybody yeah. because what it what that would have looked like is well what the heck is this this is, this game's freaky a lot of people can't even stand to play this game yeah that's not fair but I think for the PlayStation 2 it captures that weirdness yeah. um quite quite good yeah I mean I think the two games we're talking about here at least for for my money is Silent Hill 2 and Eco and which one gets runner up and which one gets game of the year in in theory right because i think maybe you're what you're prefacing here is that metal gear solid 2 is very likely the contender for game of the year across the board no. um i mean that it's definitely where oh. my head is at <laughs> it's where it's where my head's going with it but also uh, i know what the egm game of the year is and it'll make i don't know if 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 if, if a game can't win its consoles game of the year but can win game of the year That'll be an interesting discussion for Xbox. <laughs> I think that Eco, um, I think Eco should be included in the game of the year discussion. I see. And I, I have reasons why. Okay. Um, now, it does it make it, like, I think it adds stakes if we basically say that, like, if something was included as best of that console, yeah. then it's not necessarily our intention for that to be game of the year overall. Right, right. But what I'm saying is we leave Eco out of this conversation... Because it has, I think it needs to be the game of 2001. Yeah. That's you what know I what's think. crazy is looking in the looking at the poll, the reader poll. Silent Hill 2 is not even in the top 10. Yeah. It got less than one percent. It got it, it doesn't even have like 0.5 percent of, of of the vote of the right. the readers. So, I mean, I, I would still almost argue then that that's an argument for it to be the runner up. But also, I know how much Absolutely. I like Silent Hill 2, and so are we saying potentially Silent Hill 2 game of the PS2 game of the year, Metal Gear Solid 2 runner-up i'm i'm okay with that but i'm also okay with swapping them it's just i think those are the two those are the two that we played that i feel like blew our minds today yep. and yep. they're they are also just so so important to 2001 right but the thing is i mean i could also understand if you want metal gear solid 2 to go to the game of the year discussion 
I completely understand that as well. Um, but I think there's got to be some. some I mean, I think I, th- I thought it would get brought up, but hey, if you're if you're talking about eco, you know how I feel, buddy. Uh, so, I I think uh, what I'm having a conflict internally right now is the characters we've decided on here, which is to say, I think if we're talking about the EGM editor and the and and the EGM readership and all that. The amount of hype behind Metal Gear Solid 2 is insane. For many months leading up to the release of Metal Gear Solid 2, they right. had a recurring section of the magazine that was MGS2 watch. Like, it was right. literally just like, we need every single piece of news we can possibly get about this game. And then for that game to come out and do it, <laughs> right? Do not falter. Do, do be what everybody wanted it to be. Uh, and to specifically use, like we talked about in the episode, like aspects of the PS2 control, like it, it was a PS2 game. Um, so there is a part of me that wants to lean uh, that MGS2 should be the top and runner the up. Sticks with 2. our logic of being the yeah. actual cool thing people should have done. Maybe that logic makes more sense to me. That's absolutely chill. I do want to say, though, just by the logic of EGM hype or whatever, I think that Metal Gear Solid 2 hype was kind of a weird thing, mm-hmm. especially considering what the game ended up being. Right. It would almost be to me if uh, the next David Lynch movie had like a $50 million <laughs> uh, budget for marketing. Yeah. Like, that's just weird. Right. I, it's not that I love David Lynch, and uh, it's uh, I'm excited when David Lynch makes anything new. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that there should be like billboards everywhere being like, David Lynch, yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're showing like David Lynch trailers at the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> like I just think that's weird. Yeah, and I kind of feel like Metal Gear Solid in general is sort of like if David Lynch had a fifty million dollar budget for marketing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Metal Gear Solid Two as game of the year for the PlayStation, the PlayStation game of the year, uh, and then the runner up being Silent Hill Two is absolutely fine by me. Cool. Okay, uh, our next category then is our final console category. Now, the question we'll have is, they do a bunch of genre categories. I don't know if we're going to get into those because honestly, some no, of the I'll genres are those. things we didn't even touch. Uh, but our last category is, of course, the Xbox Game of the Year. I have to read for you, people were divided on what the heck was going on with Xbox. Actually, the people weren't, but the the <laughs> EGM had a different mind uh, of what was important about the Xbox. So the reader vote was 70, it looks like 6 or 8, I don't know, this is a low quality document, but it's like 78% of the readership voted for Halo Game of the Year. And the runner right, up course. was Dead or Alive 3 with 8%. EGM gave Oddworld Munch's Odyssey the Xbox Game of the Year, and their runner-up was Project Gotham Racing. Now, I think maybe Uh, this is a little bit of EGM playing the game we're playing, which is Halo's not our Xbox Game of the Year because Halo's too busy being our Game of the Year uh, is what eventually comes out of this. And I think we have to have a similar conversation to what they must have had. Is Halo a contender for Game of the Year on this show right now? Boy, it kind of has to, doesn't it? I mean, it's it is certainly a, a not only a big deal to this actual show, but but for the year for what, you know, the introduction of Xbox and the 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 technological achievement that is Halo. However, you've put Eco in front of me on the on the pole. <laughs> it is dangling in front of me and I want it to be Eco. So, I'm happy to let Halo get its glory as the Xbox game of the year because again, that's the other thing we're talking about, right? Is that Halo makes the argument for Xbox. Uh, it also, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the other argument is it makes the argument for first-person shooters on consoles, so that kind of goes beyond an Xbox argument. But but Matt, do you really want Eco to win Game of the Year versus nobody? Versus, like, 
like really no well i don't know we've done this in a weird order we should have done game of the year Mm -hmm. first and then gone backwards for it to be eliminated from contention this is this is good this is is a good way to do it actually we like it (laughs) if hey if you want halo to be considered for game of the year it has to be left out of the best xbox discussion and so there's a possibility that halo could go home with no award. Same same is true for Eco. This happens same in this show Rico. where I hear you get so excited for the dumb, stupid thing that happened and you and your voice is just so like, but Matt, what if we chose violence and stupidity yeah, above on, all just else? Choose violence with me. I think that if you want to consider I, I want to consider Halo for game of the year. I think But you Halo didn't want to is... consider MGS two at all for game of the year. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I, I think I think that I think that Metal Gear Solid 2 is way more of a PlayStation game than it is a game of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm going to make so my... Funny. Here's the what thing, are the other just... Xbox games of the year then? Like, literally, what else is there? Well, that's why that's what we'll have to find out, <laughs> won't we? Uh, so, so, what do you think, Matt? Are we, are we pushing Halo to a game of the oh year discussion? God. Yeah, sure. I I, this is what you okay. want, and we will do okay. it. You're welcome, sir. All right, so, so now we have to figure out what our game of the year for Xbox runner-up is. We haven't played any of the games that would be... <laughs> I well, definitely don't hey, want to give it to Munch's audience. No, 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 honestly, hang on. That he, game. Here's the thing sucks. that's getting overlooked in this argument is we for some reason i i didn't ever find the issue where egm talks about max Payne at all but what is noteworthy about max Payne is it ran like dog shit on the ps2 compared to the right. xbox it yeah, was yeah. an xbox game so there's an argument here that max Payne is our xbox game of the year despite it being a Whoa. multi-platform thing and it feeds into the time which is to say the big fear everyone had with xbox is are they going to actually have good third-party support or other games going to be good on xbox like what is that all going to be like and there's proof here that developing for xbox was easier than developing developing for ps2 you see lots of reports in these egms that like developers hated making games for the ps2 it was a difficult architecture to work with and xbox was not so my argument is max Payne. I think that you didn't like Max Payne enough for it to be our Xbox game of the year. <laughs> I didn't so like anything else. I don't. I don't. I we don't like Munch's Odyssey. <laughs> we should give it to SSX Tricky <laughs> Xbox game of the year. I actually like SS, SSX Tricky way more than uh-huh. I like Max Payne. So I have no problem with this. We could give game of the year or Xbox of the year uh-huh. to SSX Tricky, and then runner-up can be Max Payne, a game we played. Um, and then we give the game of the year is when we didn't play. Uh-huh. But I've played it and it is good. All right. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> We've really yes. gone off the rails. Okay. That so, should have been it. I mean, that hey, if it. I had played SSX Tricky, I do think it would have been a top contender. Like, I, yeah. I love these kinds of sports action games. Uh, that so, game rules. Yeah. Okay. okay. So SSX Tricky and then Max Payne as the runner up. Uh, uh, something we haven't talked about yet uh, because it wasn't listed in EGM, uh, although they did have. They had a section for handheld game of the year, oh, which right. in this yeah. context is basically just Game Boy Advance, right? I right. mean, there right. are a couple Game Boy... There's the Oracle games on Game Boy Color that came out, so we can kind of say handheld as well, but I'm going to lean Game Boy Advance stuff in this conversation. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. So what are the contenders? We got Advance Wars, which we covered on this show. Yep. Castlevania Circle of the Moon is who won uh, yeah, EGM's yeah. actual, uh, with the mm-hmm. runner-up being Oracle of Ages. Golden Sun won the readership vote with the runner-up being Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Uh, you got Mario Kart Super Circuit out this year. You've got Pokemon Crystal on the Game Boy Color. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the gist of... Th- 
you there was a Klonoa uh, Game Boy Advance game that neither of us played or know anything about. Uh. But Klonoa's out there hanging out. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that for as much uh for as much guff as we gave it, I really do think Advance Wars has got to be the pick. Oh, I just think yeah. it's. I think I think it's a good game. Um, I think it was a frustrating, weird experience. Yeah. But I think the game it it's way more exciting than us giving like. I mean, we I haven't played Castlevania Circle of the Moon, although I'm sure it's great. Um, it just I feel like it's probably great in the way that a lot of the post yeah. Symphony of the Night Castlevania games are great. Right. Um. I. You know what? What if we just gave it to Wario Land Four? It seems like people <laughs> in the audience would have wanted that. We could just do that, and then Runner Up could be Advance Wars. That sounds cool. What do you think? Um. I. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our audience vote is Wario Land 4 uh, because we okay. do have an audience. So Advance yeah. Wars, we're calling the runner-up. We're giving it to Wario Land 4. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, there you go. Take that, everybody. <laughs> so uh, game bo- or handheld game of the year, Wario Land 4, runner-up, Advance yep. Wars. So stupid. And now it's so time. Funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's the Goaty Goaty game of the year. Uh, so we, we've isolated a few contenders here. Um, so the question is, anything we talked about in previous things is not allowed. We cannot re-bring up any game we've brought up. Is that the rule? Unless you want to renegotiate those spots. But you have, we have to commit to well, sorry. shifting it out. I'm not even saying things that have won, but I'm saying th- situations like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, right? We talked about it. It was it, on the it GameCube. lost on the GameCube. Is it allowed to even be mentioned in this discussion is my, wait did is it my get question. an award i thought our, no it did not no. that's what i'm saying if it but didn't I'm, get an award it's eligible for okay. a game of the year discussion okay I see. if you want to if you want to pump like get something out of award zone and give the award to somebody else like if you want to if you want to give the playstation 2 game of the year award to a different game mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. metal gear solid 2 can be up for this discussion the point is any game we consider for game of the year it has to be it's either getting game of the year or it's getting nothing those right. are the rules i've just made up that i like <laughs> it might get right? runner up or there's no runner up for goatee there's no runner up for game of the year you get game of the year or you get or you die <laughs> yeah you get game of the year or you die uh okay well so i what i've put out then i'm, I'm writing down halo i'm writing down eco I'm writing down Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and I'm writing down Civilization 3, because I think PC needs a contender, and I think PC <laughs> is the best contender. I think I think yeah, Civ 3 is the best contender as, for PC. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we also have to consider, for fun, Grand Theft Auto 3, because oh, yeah, sure, we okay. just have to. Uh-huh, yeah, Let's okay. just do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, here, I am, why here I am considering it. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, you're considering it. You, <laughs> you, you want to consider it. Um, all right. Um, also, Gran Turismo 3. Let's go ahead and throw that one oh, in sure. there as a potential. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not going to pick it, but yeah. Um, okay, so Grand Theft Auto 3 is not game of the year because here's the thing. Here's why Grand Theft Auto 3 is actually a bad game of the year for 2001. Grand Theft Auto 3 was an interesting game for about eight months. Yeah. And then Grand Theft Auto Vice City comes out. Right. And then after Vice City, San Andreas comes out. Yep. And then after San Andreas comes out, that just becomes the way all games are made. Yep. And so... Some games, like, for example, Doom, is a game that came out and then established a genre, and people were like, let's copy Doom, but, like, let's do this instead. Right. And it it got people to be really inventive. It inspired a lot of, like, wild stuff that that ranges. Um, And, you know, uh, 
it, you can look at Doom's legacy and be like, ah, I feel like it came, it, it kind of sprouted into all these different beautiful ways. But the stuff that immediately came after Doom, like Duke Nukem or like Shadow Warrior, yeah, who cares about any of that? Sure, um, that's 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 not important. And I feel like Grand Theft Auto Three, it it passed a torch, but it was like ju- it was like on a marathon. It just kind of passed it one one forward, yeah, and then still the open world game design disease yep. doesn't really have a lot of merit right you now like there are games every once in a while we'll get a game that like we'll get a breath of the wild or an elden ring sure. where it's like wow yeah this you filled up this, this world actually <laughs> this is great but doom inspired wonderful beautiful things right from the jump yep um and which is is confusing because I just said it also didn't, but it also did. You know, it <laughs> well, also everything did. gets bad. You know, crap that comes after it. But I, yeah, I don't see in any immediacy the the beautiful open world things that come after GTA Three. And also, I just think it's dumb and written bad and more empty than most of these things. And it's it's a promise that's fine. And and it was the reader pick of Goaty uh, for the year. Readers yeah. voted for GTA 3 to be the top. It's also, of course, it was EGM's uh, PS2 Goaty in addition to being their uh, reader PS2 Goaty. So right. uh, it was a big deal for the PS2 that year. But um, I hate it enough to want it to not be uh an option i want it i want it gone uh yeah so that's out i think uh we could we could sort of sing the praises real quick of civilization 3 and gran turismo 3 because they're not going to be a part of the discussion i think any further but uh i think civ 3 is actually the best thing that you could get on the pc even though black and white is the highest reviewed pc game yeah that's that's weird of 2001 but uh fluff that was wrong everyone was wrong then uh so you know goodbye to those two i think gran turismo 3 is definitively the racing game of that year the closest was project gotham racing for the xbox oh, wait, that not, game was actually pretty cool, it's good though. but it's not it, especially in like the votes and stuff uh gran turismo 3 really outpaces it in, in pretty significant ways but yeah i don't know i would have to go back and play both but, uh, <laughs> anyways yeah let the real discussion here is is it Halo Combat Evolved or is it Eco? Yeah. That or is, is it game or is it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three? It's not. I know. I understand. It's, no, I well, understand. Just, uh, just tell me why. Tell me why it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Give me it's, the logic it's here. The, just the the death of the action sports game. I mean, it's literally a section in the CGM is act. There's there's uh like sports sports and then there's action sports and to my mind, Tony Hawk Three still is the last great one and it I think it holds the the legacy. Like if anything. You, you brought up the revitalization of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. And what isn't talked enough about is that th- that collection uses mostly the mechanics of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. It's using the levels of 1 and 2, but mm-hmm. the mechanics of 3 are a part of it uh, with like the, the reverts and the things that were added to 3. Those are the mainstays of that series, realistically. And anything added afterwards is chaff and was no longer as good and everything before it is not quite to its fullest form so for me tony hawk 3 is the crux of the action sports game a genre that didn't last much longer beyond this year basically i don't know about that i mean what about rocket league that's that's big. that's a different sort of color, but I'm, I see your point. That's a, that's a fun that's a fun argument to bring up. I mean, yeah, uh, Rocket League brought a different kind of sports game back to the forefront. It's not quite the 
the action thing. I mean, the better argument would be like eventually Skate comes out on the 360, and that's like, hey, we we redid another skateboarding game in like a better way. Is that a better argument though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who cares about Skate? Like <laughs> some people. Rocket League is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I asked you for a logic for why Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 should be game of the year. Mm -hmm. The first word you used was the word death. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, let, I'll just let you grade yourself here. No, Let's fine. do it that way. This, this is, it, this is your, I don't this is your evaluation. <laughs> if you want to right now give Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 game of the year based off of the arguments you no, just laid out. I don't. Uh, you I don't can, you may do so now. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I, I would oh, like to cool. abstain. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, well, then let's talk about Eco versus Halo Combat Evolved. Yep. Um, both games uh, I played around 2001. I don't know if I played both of them in that year. Uh -huh. I think I rented Eco like maybe two years later or a year later at least. Yeah. Um, but Halo, I was there. I was there day one. I was just like in the in you know in the trenches with my brothers with yeah. my with my dad, Master Chief. Um, is it is it game of the year for bringing the shooter? two consoles like does, is that enough or is, is that enough of an accomplishment well for it to be game of the year i don't think that's halo's only accomplishment and that and that's the like okay i loved eco a lot a lot a lot a lot but its importance is i think still noteworthy we talked about it in the episode it, it has this lasting legacy of like the scope of these of the environments that we see now in modern games like how much of a bigger deal i mean uncharted is like directly from the blood of eco or whatever but halo from you bring blood. up you bring up the the first person shooter on console but also from a 2001 perspective it proved that the xbox had something noteworthy right like this it 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 made microsoft the console company that it is today. It is the reason they exist. Um, and so I, I think that that's like important. The, the performance of it, like it's a very involved engine and the fact that that had four player split screen multiplayer and then like connection between consoles, like the promise of this era had a lot of online capability stuff to it and none of that really bared any fruit. And I'm not, gonna quite argue that halo did although you could connect your xbox online and you could play halo online it was very messy it, it genuinely wasn't until halo 2 that online was a factor but the connecting of xboxes to each other for very large matchups is bringing in the LAN community of the PC audience into a console sphere that didn't exist before right in consoles before this it was just as many people as you could skip fit on one screen so like i think a lot of factors work in halo's favor of what it proved consoles could do and what it proved the xbox could do so i that's why i see the argument being that halo should get game of the year so here let, let's 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 frame it in legacy let's actually yeah. let's let's take let's stop role playing yeah let's 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 we're it's 2023 okay and we've now seen the future. Mm -hmm. All right. And let's pretend that like we're now, we are at EGM in 2001, but a time portal has opened and we can see our future selves. I love that you're changing the, the core rule I'll here at the last second. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want. Halo was like, ah, let's do the shooter on, on the console. That's cool. And then there were, uh, and then for a while, that was a big genre, right? I mean, it was huge. We, there's millions of Call of Duty games. There's yeah. millions of Call of Duty games. <laughs> that's something I... That's true. Yeah. 
there are millions of Call of Duty <laughs> games in all the different universes. Uh, millions. There was, you know, a lot of weird uh, throwbacky first-person shooter games where you had Bullet Storm. Yeah. All, ki- all kinds of stuff. Ge- Gears of War, I feel like, probably wouldn't have happened had not uh, Halo happened before it, and then Resident Evil, all- Resident Evil 4 also happened. Mm-hmm. I think that, in a lot of ways, Halo defined an era and i think that era is over um Mm. i do not think that halo is the defining first person shooter at this point i think it did a a, it did a service in the moment it did something we needed which was to get the pc shooter onto the console right and that's great but i think that at this point we've even had if you go back to 2016 there were people being like, we need to make a first-person shooter. Uh, where do we need to go for influence? Let's go back to Doom, yeah. because it feels like we maybe maybe lost our way a little bit. I think Call of Duty uh, came after Halo and kind of took that baton and was kind of working with a lot of what Halo was working with, which was the idea of, like, it's a shooter where in the scenario, there are lots of, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's big, amazing things, like set yeah. pieces are right. happening and stuff. And that's... That, that aspect of Halo, I feel like diluted the game design a little bit. Mm-hmm. It made the it made the the feeling of, oh well, but is the game fun? And are you actually thinking about what you're doing all the time? Right. Kind of took that away. It it installed a little bit of uh, Hollywood sensationalism where before there was just pure game design. Yeah. Um, which is I think why ultimately people are now looking even further backwards than, than Halo for inspiration when it comes to first-person shooters. Yeah. Um, and I think overall, like, even though I think Halo actually uh, does kind of look backwards to Doom in a, in a way that's good enough, I think it was the start of a bad trend, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think we don't like Halo 2 as much. We don't like Halo 3 as much. Like, right. the legacy of Halo kind of diminished very quickly. Whereas Eco playing Eco in 2023 felt like wow that so many games played eco yeah. like in and new games i mean even. eco God, felt God like a new annapurna game like it just fe- yeah. it didn't feel like a 2001 game it yes. felt like a new annapurna game it it felt like uh indie games are eco yeah. uh big triple a blockbuster games are eco yeah. and have that sort of third person action puzzle mixture that concoction yep. that eco was like here's what all the things are uh this is this is the the game design formula in such a way as where i think eco deserved game of the year yeah like it, i i think it's not even it's not my personal favorite my my favorite is silent hill 2 yeah i think silent hill 2 is the most important game to me that came out in 2001 but i think eco is the game that live that looms largest yeah that was released in 2001 that we've talked about um, even more so than Halo. I think Halo is had a big historical contribution, but also it kind of lit a path that game designers followed and that they got lost. And yeah. it kind of like, ah. But Eco, I feel like, is a well that people have been going back to and still finding like a lot of new good ideas right. in it. Um, yeah. And I think that's wonderful. And, and that's why ultimately I think it works. Yeah, I mean, I I, I absolutely agree. Th- those are sort of the the things I was saying in our eco episode is that you you feel it's it's artful DNA in so many things, and 
Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously want it to be Goatee. I feel bad that now Halo is not anywhere on any of this list. <laughs> like, if when because of the structure of yeah. kicking things off, there's just not a mention. It's as if Halo didn't come out in 2001, which feels apocryphal. But uh, right. here we are at the end of our stupid episode. <laughs> well, now that I've said that, I do want to say I actually do like Halo better. Like, I just think Halo is a better <laughs> game, like a better experience. But I do think the logic of thinking of mind palacing what should game of the year be uh -huh. as far as what influenced the most yeah i think it probably should it, it's like i guess what i'm trying to say is i think it should have been eco even then yeah it, they should have recognized like right this is a pretty wild game brilliant. that is going to be really important in the future yeah. well and um, for what it's worth i don't like i do think eco is just straight up a better game than halo like i think i have more fun with eco i think i had a better time with eco and i think i it meant more to me in the moment than even all of the nostalgia i feel for halo uh, i still think eco is a bigger deal to me so that's yeah, why for I, me it it sticks with my vote uh for goaty yeah i think my personal uh goaty pick like had it had, had it just been me actually i guess it's just kind of for me i guess it would have been silent hill 2 game of the year and then runner-up would have been metal gear solid 2 i think that's just like the those two yeah but those don't feel like 2001 like they don't feel like like they feel like cool games that happened that yeah. are like great to think about and they sort of inhabit their own worlds and mm -hmm. they're they're just really really cool and good yeah whereas like on a curriculum i would put halo and eco before yeah. I would put those like Silent Hill 2 and Metal Gear Solid 2 are good if you if you freaky like that you know <laughs> uh, I definitely feel that way about Silent Hill 2 Silent Hill 2 feels like a game that isn't specifically a PS2 game it isn't specifically a 2001 game it kind of feels like this other timeless thing Metal Gear Solid 2 feels a bit more of a product of its time to me yeah. um but but Silent Hill 2 goes beyond that um, so yeah, I think we're giving it to Eco. Yep. Eco's game of the year. Halo gets nothing. Master Chief goes home alone. <laughs> he sits in the dark and he has sad pasta by himself, yep. which he has to he has to open a little slit in the helmet and stick the pasta in there. That's how it works. That's what a weird pasta. end for this season where we've just ignored, you know, half the list we had going into it. You know, I mean, like almost no mention of Final Fantasy X in this whole episode today. That's kind of wild, right? I mean, not that mm. wild, but it's it's just interesting the stuff that kind of by the end of it we just felt left us out you know it's just like i don't well, i don't care about no no final no, fantasy no, 10 no. i don't care about black and white what like, are you doing what are you doing what are you even talking about um if you if you want to check out final fantasy 10 uh me and sun sanders talked about that game know, for three for hours like two and a half hours okay <laughs> just go hang out with that yeah it, what 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 will be the point of us talking about final fantasy 10 right now you didn't play it <laughs> You do, you don't know you don't know anything about it. I didn't play Paper Mario, and we talked about that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, but at least you know what Mario is. You know what I mean? Like, and you and you you vaguely like Paper Mario. I'm sure Paper Mario is exactly your type of game. You should be a guy that likes Paper Mario. You just haven't played it because you only played like three or four games, even though you supposedly played like 75. Supposedly, somehow you played 75 games, and it still feels like three. I don't understand how that works. I think that says more about you than it does me. <laughs> I think it says everything about you, and I hope the <laughs> listeners understand what I'm saying. I guess that was 2001, huh? I mean, we we did it, sort of. I mean, we kind what of forgot. Mean? No, okay. Let me let me do this. I had a great time doing these. I think this was. I learned a lot about this year. I think when you initially chose 2001, I looked at the list of games. Was like, those are some interesting games, but I don't know what else I could tell you about like 2001 being an important year necessarily but like 
I think we learned a lot about how to take these kinds of games for their time and place. I mean, we talked a lot about the the you know the aftermath of. 9-11 and what it meant for games like that's a crazy thing that we addressed a couple of times we got to talk mm. about the death of a console maker we got to talk about the birth of a new console maker like mm -hmm. uh, learning so much about this year was like very very fun and in a way i don't know that we'll be able to replicate anytime soon because our next season is 90s pc that's so broad that i don't right. know we won't come to any like jaw-dropping conclusions and the season we have you and i have currently planned for after that i'm excited for but it's still not the same kind of like thesis statement that this season had and that's that's what's so exciting to me about the season and why i will be sad to see it go i'm not i'm not i'm tired of playing games from 2001 and this exact yeah, mechanical and, and graphical fidelity and stuff but i absolutely enjoyed my time in the space Right. What was the game, Matt, that you played? And it, it might be Eco. Maybe, maybe it's just Eco. But, but you, know, uh, you know, what game do you feel like you played this season that you would have never played if not for the show that you were most happy to have played? Klonoa 2 with a bullet. Oh, up, yeah, straight two. up and down. Klonoa 2's a, just like whatever. One of those character platforms that was all over the place. And I fell in love with that game. Would have never even looked at it had we not played it for this season and it it charmed the heck out of me and i want to play other klonoa games and e eco's a game i would have played at some point like uh, yeah. for sure um and and yeah there, there's a handful of games i wouldn't have played but none of them hit me harder than klonoa 2 did uh besides grand theft auto 3 because you've said enough on that sure. one um what game were you least happy to play for uh, this show i was more upset with sonic adventure 2 than i even realized I, oh, yeah. I, I remember playing that game when I was younger and, and not necessarily hating it so much. But but now I don't know that like that hit me in a new way of just like it. I do not. I do not like this game. <laughs> Sam, I am. I do not. Uh, same question for you. What it what 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 surprised you positively and negatively? I mean, Pikmin really bothered yeah. me. Actually, that wasn't actually for this season, though. It was just a 2001 game and I have it written down. But I I. I will say, as a game from 2001, Pikmin did frustrate me a lot, mm -hmm. and then I ended up being like, it like won me over, right. even though it was like kind of like yeah. like hurting my spirit. Yeah. Um. So that's a weird answer because we didn't technically cover it for. But this we talked season. about it a lot. I mean, because we did a lot did. of lists things with 2001, so it Pikmin came up often. So I I think it yeah. counts. I count anything that was from 2001 because we talked the three that were already on the list: Halo, Tony Hawk, and Pikmin were brought up constantly especially in the yeah. early earlier half of the season similarly i actually feel like advance wars and is, is an example of a very complicated feeling that that game gave me yeah where i was upset with it and it mm. it kind of drove me nuts because i think and i think ultimately where i landed with it is that for me and my level of investment in this type of game uh, I would have preferred to just have played the the reboot, yeah, the, yeah. the relaunch, which the, was the original plan. Actually, that was just yeah. supposed to be in our first fifty. That was just supposed to be a game we had already done, which is really funny in retrospect. Yeah, I wish I had just been able to play that because the thing is, not playing advanced. Th this is this is a problem I have with emulation. I really don't like emulating handheld games on like my PC or yeah. on any kind of 
like sitting device for sure because i do feel like well these games were designed to be played in this handheld experience and i'm not doing that yep. and so sometimes i feel like i'm like i felt like i mainlined advance wars when actually it was begging to just be like a you know a, a little treat on the table yeah you know that i just right. sampled from here and there uh, and i think if i had done that i would have gotten a lot better experience out of it yeah so that kind of bummed me out i was i was a little sad about that one yeah i i think too as the editor of the final fantasy 10 episode i i that was such an interesting conversation you and son had of you i remember you coming in already sort of being like final fantasy 10 is a weird one before like even replaying it and then throughout the episode you were very much like it's still the weird one but son was so gung-ho about the specific energy he wanted to bring to that game that I, I just liked where the two of you ended up on sort of like what the takeaways of like why 10 is worth looking at. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a pretty beautiful discussion, honestly. Yeah, I really liked uh, honestly spending. I mean, it's a Final Fantasy game at the right. end of the day. If I feel negative on it, it's like so it's sort of like feeling weird about, you know, someone you're related to. Yeah. You know, it just feels like it. I don't know. Th those games have been with me forever and ever. Um, not forever and ever, because I'm only th 33. I'm just a little boy. But, uh, but they, I'll, I'm probably going to keep them. You yeah, know what I mean? For, right. for, the rest of, for the rest of my life. So, you know. And I feel like, yeah, me and Ten just had some weird, we had some weird stuff. We had some kind of beef. Uh, and it wasn't like fully resolved, but it was like, it was interesting to go back to it. Mm -hmm. And it's also hard to put, hard to put 45 hours into a game and and not love it on yeah. some level. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. It's a lot of time to put into something. Eventually, you're going to be like, no, nah, I mean, there's some good stuff here. It's keeping you know? me around somehow, so yeah. boy, it better. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us this season. Uh, I hope that the mission statement of Old Gamers Almanac makes sense to everyone going forward, what we want these seasons to sort of be, the stories we yeah. kind of want to tell with making seasons out of these like 15 games at a time uh, kind of narrative. Uh, next week, like I said earlier, we are going to premiere our 90s PC season. Uh, right. To peek behind the curtain, Hunter and I have already recorded it so that we could start playing those games. We had to get ahead of them. And uh, it's a weird episode because it's us drafting picks, basically. And, and we go into the episode having no idea what we're going to end up with. And so right. I hope you all enjoy the ride of figuring out what our games for next season are. That includes 90s PC games. That includes our 10 off-topic games as well. Uh, just to let you know, there are two every wheel spins in the next episode that have already happened so anybody who changes their every wheel entry now it will be a part of essentially the next season of oga we'll we'll have some new uh every wheels uh for for the next season but we we basically have already done our every wheel for the next uh six months which is weird to say right. i don't know uh right. we're trying to do more stuff with the patreon to get people involved in goofier, sillier ways. I want to do more polls, a lot of stuff. We've been doing, we, we did a bonus episode that's supposed to come out pretty soon uh, where there was a lot of Patreon involvement in that and I want to do more stuff like that. So come hang out on the Discord, come to the old farmer's farm and, uh, you know, we, we, we're hoping to, to have fun, stupid things to do with everybody and, you know, come hang out on our Discord, play multiplayer games with us. We want to do, I saw some people wanting to play more Halo, honestly, like that, that was being I'll brought up Halo. recently. 
I'll play Halo. We're playing a bit of Sea of Thieves. If you want to come hang out with us and play Sea of Thieves, let's do that. Uh, and then we'll, we will have some more multiplayer 90s PC games that we got to talk about that we're going to definitely organize game days for. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the season to come uh, next time on Old Gamers Almanac. <laughs> Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. Yeah, we were playing Sea of Thieves, and it was funny because we had all just like started, uh, supposedly, and uh, and everybody was just like, "Yeah, we we gotta get some gold so that we can have like a new ship and stuff." And then I looked at how much gold I had, because I mean, of course, I, I I mean, I play so many games all the time. But a lot of times, I just kind of forget. Um, and I guess I had like sixty thousand gold <laughs> on Sea of Thieves that I just didn't even. I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I guess, guess I, I played this already for." 15 hours or something maybe i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know what that's from I don't even really have any idea there um so yeah that'll be interesting please see a thieves with us uh that'll be that'll be good uh and yeah come see us in portland you know come say hi yeah portland we're we gonna be there we're gonna 22nd. be opening for um uh, these like weird dorks. Yeah, uh, space cats, peace turtles. We'll be opening for them. I hate those guys. They're Do we so even know what our live show is yet? Like, I don't know that we have what said what we're what the episode. Oh, what I the know live what it is. Will be. Oh, okay. Great. I know what it oh, is. Okay, great. Uh, and and you have your thing planned. You have like a big thing you're doing, like a big we're huge not, thing. I don't. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, you have a big thing. You <laughs> yeah, told big, me you have a really yeah. Big, I got a big huge thing. thing. It's the costumes taking big. a lot of time to prep. Um, it's you know <laughs> you have to hire out for these kinds of things, and it's just. Hard to get the the materials necessary for this, you know. Matt, I'm really. I wanted to say um, thank you for still doing the podcast, even though you've gotten way too big for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> the the thank you for lowering yourself by by still sticking with this project, even though at this point, I mean, you really don't need it. I mean, at this, your sky's the limit. You're you're gosh darn rocket. All right, shooting up into the. You know, you're gonna have. I think you should have a podcast called. The Dadlands, where every uh -huh. week you're like, it sucks. I mean, it just sucks. I haven't left know? my house in two weeks, and I don't know if I ever will. It's just a podcast where every week you're just trying to convince people not to have children. You're like, anyways, I haven't had time to do anything. I don't have time to record that every episode is like five minutes long because you hear like Molly screaming in the background. You're like, oh shit! And then you just like stop. It just ends. <laughs>